live on SEN Track. Welcome to Breakfast with the Kiwis. Kickstart your day of racing. Have breakfast with the Kiwis. Head to loveracing.nz. Good morning. Welcome to a special edition of Breakfast with the Kiwis, brought to you solely by Kiwis this morning. Mitch Davis joining you here, stepping in for regular host Butch Castles. We've got black type racing at both ends of the North Island. Looking forward to this weekend with the coveted Group 3 Bone Crusher Stakes out of the nine race card at Pukekohe Park. And then we'll be heading further down south to Trentham later on where we've got the Group 2 Wakefield Challenge Stakes for the two-year-olds followed by a class field lining up in our first named edition of the Group 1 TAB Classic. Joining us first to talk about his rides at Pukekohe is jockey Ryan Elliott. Ryan, good morning. Morning, how are you? Yeah, very well, very well. Looking forward to a good racing card out of Pukekohe. We'll just jump right into race two. We've got Panine Way for Ross McCarroll, debutant here who won his sole trial. Do you know much about the horse? He looks probably an even chance in, well, what looks an open race. Um, yeah, it does look an open race. There's a little bit of form through those current meetings through Pukekohe in there, but um, what I've seen of his trial, he looks quite sh- uh, sharp, so he, he looks ready to go for Ross. Yeah, he he did show a bit of toe in that in that trial, and I thought, you know, I guess it would be up to Ross's instructions where you land, but I guess being his debut run, you just maybe letting him find his feet and get into a rhythm throughout? Yeah, he's drawn a nice game, and he should be able to pop the up behind him, but Ross has let him mature over time, and Ross doesn't seem one to the races unless he thinks he can win, so there's uh, high, high praise about the horse at the moment. No, exactly. Moving on to race three, you've got one here who looks probably maybe one of your better chances of the day in Wallen for Shane Crawford. Um, he's arguably one of the most overdue for a maiden victory in the country at the moment, but um, this looks a pretty good chance for him to break through here. Yeah, nearly last start at Pukekohe. Got back and reeled home nice and he just missed, but um, at Tiaraha, the race didn't plan out. He, they went quite hard and funny. He was just flat the whole way trying to pick up, but the way he rattled home, he... He shouldn't go and miss on Saturday. No, I agree. Race four, Max Schnell for Denisa Guy. You've got a few for Denisa Guy tomorrow, but um, this horse has come back from Australia. He's probably yet to regain that form that saw him winning a few good races over there. He's back to a probably a better suitable track today, uh, tomorrow. Lower grade of opposition, you could argue, and, you know, this probably sees his best opportunity to find that form. Yeah, well, um, Shane and clock really had it, over, had it before it went over to Sydney and won a few races, but he's come back to more of a open open field for him to really have a good crack at if he can stay at two one or not. Yeah, no, exactly. And have you have you had a stare on him before? Or is this your first time on tomorrow? No, nah, first time for him. Um, just picked up the ride through the owner. He's who owns Lupo as well, but um, he looks a good chance on paper. Stepping back into his own class group. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you there. Sorry, is that Sean Everclock worthy, that train match? No, yes, no, not Denisa Guy. Sorry yeah, there. <laughs> Denisa Guy, your first one for her is in the next race, Wild West. He's first up off a couple of trials, strikes another even race. Um, he's got a pretty decent first up record. Are you expecting a bold run first up? Yeah, he goes good fresh. And, um, he get, Wild West actually got it quite well the other day with Lupo Solitario. So there's a little bit of... Um, promise he's going to run a good race first up well that's a good indication i think he's around the eight dollar mark in that race so he's probably a decent chance at odds 
the horse you just spoke of, Lupo Solitario on race six, gee, looks pretty good chance in the Group 3 Bone Crusher. Um, I probably don't need to say much more. You've ridden him, obviously, in most in all three of his career starts. Um, what are you expecting on Saturday? Um, I should speak a bold run from me. He's had an exhibition gallop round at Pukekohe. It really was an eye-opener for him. He, he's actually dropped the penny a little bit. He's a little bit more switched on since he had a few weeks off, and he looks like a strong chance. Yeah, and that form, you know, obviously his only defeat came behind Crescetti, who then franked that, and then he, I'm pretty sure he beat Glamour Tycoon on debut, and that's been franked last weekend as well. So I think, you know, in what looks a pretty even race behind him, he looks pretty standout sort of chance in that race. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's only a small field, so it's going to be very tactical. It's just a shame um, Stephen Marshall's runner has come out, and it's just going to make it more tactical how, how the races run. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to race seven, Jimmy Dean, probably not as strong of a chance as Lupo Solitario. His best form has been on the synthetic. Do you give him much of a chance at odds in the next race? It's a very open field with the way it is, but yeah, his best form has been on synthetic, but I think getting back to a more firmer ground for him might be better suited. He's only just coming into fitness, so this next run should be well up in this grade. Absolutely. Race 8, you jump on Tony Pike's runner to Slipper Island, who you could argue has been pretty consistent last time, and he's performed well each run, and he runs into a couple of smart ones here. Do you think he can run a cheeky race behind um, Flameburn, uh, Flamebird and Adam I Am in this one? Oh, he's, he's always put his hand up and put his best foot forward, and at another race it's going to be a little bit more tactical with all the better runners drawing in and out outside him, so... Um, it's just whether he gets the easiest run possible for him to just get the extra length on those two horses. Yeah. Race nine, another one for Ben Foot. Nancy, she wrote, I actually thought she was probably a nice chance to finish off your day. She's second up off a long spell, and her first up run wasn't too bad when being caught wide. Um, have you sat on her before, and what's your chances there? Uh, first time I'll be sitting on her. It's another open field, but watching her last start run, she... She went super. She set out wide and ran home and kept on strong. Coming back to 1500 will really suit her, especially in the open field, and she's probably won at odds. Absolutely. And obviously we've capped off a pretty strong book there of rides at Pukekohe. Would you say Lupo Solitario is your best, or would you be staring to one of the others? Um, Lupo Solitario is probably the best best ride on paper, and... I'm sure um, Shane Crawford's runner Wallen should be putting his hand up too. No, I agree. Best of luck on Saturday there at Pukekohe, Ryan. You've got a great book of rides and look forward to you hopefully steering a couple of those home. Uh, cheers. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Thank you, Ryan. That was Ryan Elliott, jockey riding out of Pukekohe tomorrow. He's got a strong book of rides and it should be a great day of racing there out of Pukekohe. We're just going to head to a break now. On the back of that break, we'll be joined by Bevan Sweeney, who's going to run through the card at Trentham, where we've got the Group 2 Wakefield Stakes for the two-year-olds and the Group 1 TAB Classic over the mile there for the open-class horses. You're listening to Breakfast with the Kiwis. Loveracing.nz, your home of New Zealand thoroughbred racing news, previews, reviews, profiles and more. Now we're going to take a look at the racing out of Trentham, a Group 1 day down there. As promised, we're joined by gun form analyst and presenter Bevan Sweeney. Bevan, pleasure to join you. 
Yeah, very good morning to you, Mitch, and uh, to your listeners. Uh, looking forward to the group one day uh, to treat them. Of course, the old Captain Cook, now the TOV uh, Classic. We have the Wakefield on the program, and I can tell you, weather, it's pretty fine, pretty warm, so that track will only improve into Saturday's race. That's what we like to hear. Yeah, it's come back to a soft five by the looks over the last couple of days, and the rail's gone back to the true. Just on that, Bevan, do you think there's going to be a you know an established pattern throughout the day? We've seen some of those meetings there at Trentham have played well for those on the rail. Do you think there's going to be anything to look out for there? Uh, well, it can play a little bit to the uh, rail early, Mitch, when it goes back into the true position, but they've had a little bit more racing there in recent times with uh, minimum two being uh, reconditioned at the present moment. So more racing there maybe plays uh, to suggest that the track might play a little bit more even than maybe on a normal when the rail goes back into the true position. But I think you can probably play early on in the program, first three races, have a look, just do your form around, maybe on speed and uh, on the rail early, and then just assess it from there. Absolutely, I'd have to agree with you there. And we'll we'll fire straight into the one of the features on the day, which is the Group Two Mode Technology Wakefield Challenge Stakes, Group Two level for the two-year-olds over eleven hundred metres. Early money looks to be for the Andrew Forsman trained runner Red Sea for Cambridge Stud. What way were you leaning in this one? I think it's a good running of the Wakefield, uh, Mitch, uh, compared to previous years. Uh, Red Sea was good, uh, being beaten by uh, the Boom Tiro at the present moment, and Velocious did to wrap and was only caught late. So early on the program, you'd think uh, it would come across. It's a niggling draw, and it's down the chute for two-year-olds, so they can get a little bit lost with an experience. So <laughs> I'm going to stick with Poetic Champion. Uh, he is the most natural two-year-old I've personally seen in the flesh. Looked fantastic at Howard and delivered uh, in very good uh, form on that occasion. To the eye count, is maybe a little bit disappointing, but didn't think the race uh, shape suited him, and the blinkers come off him. Uh, so he might be ridden just a little bit uh, colder than we saw on the day at the counties. He's a really strong fellow by Super Seth, and Super Seth doing a nice job with uh, just a small uh, crop of horses around. Uh, Dream of the Moon, he looked fantastic at Rickard and delivered nicely. He had some runs on the board. I did like Diablo Blanco out of the South Island. Uh, I thought it was the match of uh, Dream of the Moon at Rickerton and its uh, run. I know it ran second, but it was slow away and had to clear traffic. So I, I, I don't doubt the South Island can run a, a massive race here. And I just don't know around uh, captured by love. Uh, just said the one run at Tohutamiki on a small field, but looked pretty good uh, doing it. Most natural two ride I've seen is Poetic Champion, so I'll stick with him to get back in winning form in the Wakefield. Moving on to the quaddy, it, well, it looks to be a pretty tough quaddy, a very open quaddy on paper. Um, the first of those legs is race six, the market headed by Sleeper, Promised Land, Terrazetto, Kind Thoughts, we're all around that $5 mark. All look to be strong chances. Did you lean any way in this one, Bevan? I actually found some massive value for you here, Mitch, and it's a horse called Always Dreaming for Aloni Kelly. Uh, ran the quickest last six uh, at Wanganui at its uh, debut in behind Glorophilia, who I do have an opinion of. And then we all saw Wanganui on Saturday. It was impossible to make up any ground. Well, this horse was second last on the rail turning in and hit the line really strongly in some good sectionals. Uh, I think the big open track here will really suit uh, the mare by Telperian and Warren Kennedy goes aboard. It was at $21.00. When I had a look at this uh, yesterday afternoon, I think it's into 16. I think it can beat this field. 14 just now. Some value for you. Yeah, 14 now. I just, I just think uh, it was way over the price it should have been uh, and just on its two runs, which, you know, you look at them on paper, you think, well, maybe not fantastic, but then you do the analysis and the way the tracks are playing in its sectionals and think, well, the mile's going to suit. 
Uh, Mr. Tonkotos, Joe's always had a big uh, opinion of that particular horse, the four-year-old by Zakinto, and it delivered nicely, both fresh up and second up. Sleeper, uh, travelling down for Simon and Katrina, it was a good win at Hastings, albeit on a track condition it won't strike uh, on Saturday. So there's always a slight question mark uh, there. And Terracetto, gee, I did my dough on it at Awatuni at its debut. And then Robbie actually said when we interviewed him at the Pumpha, it had been going pretty poorly at the jump outs and hadn't come up well at one. Uh, so it's a horse with a fair bit of ability. We've got plenty of texts from Robbie about that. But yeah, it just hadn't been going well at the jump outs and then it showed its true ability race day. So maybe just one of those type of horses. But I'm going to tip you a bit of value in the first thing of the quarry around the 11, always dreaming of Warren Kennedy aboard. Moving on to race seven, and as has been the theme of what I said, would be the quaddy legs, another open race. Uh, rating 75 here over the 1,400. Market is headed by uh, the likes of Rusty Lane, Insatiable, and the Hottie again for Robbie Patterson. Um, did you find another value one for us here, Bevan? No, I didn't know where to look here much in race number seven. I think if you're, you're having a quaddy and you've got something to spend in, spend it. Uh, wide in this particular league. I do like Rusty Lane, a big free-going horse uh, by Atlante for Noel Quinn, and Joe Doyle was aboard at Rickerton. He'll know the horse well now. He'll work, work across from a wide gate. He can sustain uh, a good, consistent, high tempo, and he should be right there at the finish if he gets across without too much uh, hard work. Insatiable, it was just, uh, a couple of very good uh, efforts down at Rickerton from this horse, Opie Boss and the gun aboard, so there's no doubt that that horse will be right in the mix as well. Uh, and look, the uh, Robbie Patterson team are flying, so uh, the hottie, if the money comes on, I haven't had a look at that market this morning, but uh, beat home Margarita Veloce at the end of last preparation, which uh, takes some doing, so I expect it to run a race with Michael aboard, drawn uh, a low marble. Tavachi Princess uh, looked very good, fresh up, albeit in a weaker race than it strikes today, looked good at the trials, and behind Fungo, who is, uh, which is a horse that you should watch out for, I think it's going to Trenton next Saturday, and might be a Wellington Cup type of horse for uh, the very successful ownership uh, there. So, oh, look, um, oh, look I'll, I'll be taking a few much in, in honesty. I, I think I'd even put in a horse like Duncan Creek, who on his day can be very, very sharp, and even Lincoln Falls was better uh, last time, and we know he has a lot of ability. If I, if I was going to go with one, I think I'd be with Rusty Lane. I think Tavachi Princess will be right there, but it's definitely a leg you need to spread it quite wide. Now we move on to the feature, the Group 1, first running of the named TAB Classic at Group 1 level, previously known as the Captain Cook Stakes. $400,000 over the mile, market headed by Aegon, the well-travelled Aegon. Obviously started favourite for this race last year and running second to race rival Prix de Fur. Were you on one of those leading chances there, Bevan, or were you staring us into some more value here? Yeah, well, the race uh, has changed shape just because of the draws. I think if Aegon had drawn a decent sort of marble and Desert Lightning had drawn uh, a decent marble, then this would probably be a simple analysis and it would be that Aegon or Desert Lightning, for me, would win more than likely Aegon. Uh, he did get run down last uh, year by Prix de Fur coming from back. He's not a horse that can sustain a long run, uh, so he'll need cover. And, gee, I can't see him getting close to them over the mole here from out there. So he'll have to be brilliant, but he is very, very talented. Desert Lightning might be the one that works across from a wide draw under Vinnie Colgan. And look, he's a horse who's very much underrated uh, at times. Uh, just to give a, a decent run at Tauranga. Uh, he was very good fresh up and, uh, and looks uh, a group one horse uh, in the making for sure for mine. I know he's run second down south in the three-year-old, but I, I think he'll get uh, his uh, time in the sun through the summer. 
they're both drilled all awkwardly. And then I look at Mount Tom, who I'm a fan of. Uh, I really am a fan of, uh, and Lily gets her first group one ride on Saturday for the Clotworthies, and I think she can win. Uh, I know the draw, again, probably is the wrong way around for Malt Tom, drawn inside and doesn't have a lot of uh, muster early and the likely leader uh, sit back, relax, and then come with one quick run. I don't think they can do that on Saturday with Malt Tom. I think they have to try and hold him a, a spot somewhere midfield on the fence. It'll, it'll need a split, and if it does get that, then I think it's uh, right in the mix, uh, Malt Tom as well. And then... Geez, they're pretty even amongst the rest of them. Habana's going well. Who's drawn to advantage, I think, is Town Cora, drawn two. And if they don't uh, come across and take uh, her on, she can be dangerous uh, in front without any sort of pressure. But I'd, I'd imagine Flair of Wanaka might come across uh, uh, and put a bit of pressure on uh, others to go forward. I'm not 100% sure in this particular race. Where to land, Mitch, is the question, I suppose. Um, Lily, I'm going to go malt time. Uh, it's some pretty good value for you in the race. If it gets the right run and gets a split at the top of the straight, then it can finish very, very quickly. But the best of Agon wins uh, with a little bit of luck and Desert Lightning. If he comes across and gets cover, then he's very, very dangerous in the group one. Yeah, well, I'd actually have to agree with you. It's one of those races where there doesn't look to be much speed on paper. You know, you've got Town Crier and, of course, I'm Mav, who probably are the likely leaders from those low gates. Mm. But... You wouldn't say that, you know, with the likes of Town Cry, Desert Lightning working across and maybe even Riadini from those wide barriers, maybe Aegon does, maybe McNabb chances his arm and tries to slide across with them and find a gap behind them early because it could be one of those races where, yes, there may not be much speed on paper, but it may not eventuate that way if everyone's thinking the same, you know? Mm. Well, I suppose uh, you, you, you roll the dice and on Saturday we'll have our senior riders out there and if Michael does push the button and tries to come across, and they let him slip in, and they really haven't done their job, uh, in my mind. So, look, he might find cover. Uh, he might not. If he doesn't, I suppose he's three wide on speed, and it makes it very, very difficult. Or you ride for a little bit of luck and just trust the horse. We know he's very, very good. Um, look, only Michael will know, Mitch. Uh, that is going to be a question for us on Saturday. I doubt he'll tell us before the race. But, look, if he got cover forward in midfield, then he will become a $2 shot in this race. Absolutely. And yeah, best as you said, best of luck to Lily with her first group one ride. She actually has a great chance, I thought, like you. Moving on to race nine, it's the last race of the card, as as has been the theme of the previous legs, another very open race. One that I'm quite keen on, and the early money has been in this corner. I think you're a fan of this horse too, Bevan, Mr. Bully Tees. Early money tens into six fifty. Gee, it's an open race. But yeah. I thought I thought he was yeah. one probably that you could have played odds. Well, you're trusting him. Rather than going on his uh, first couple of runs, this preparation, uh, he is a serious horse. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's a sort of horse who's been on the market and I think sold before failing the vet maybe a couple of times. So he's still with the Thompson and Brown team. To the eye, he's been a little bit disappointing in his first two runs over the 1,400 metres. The track will be uh, in a good state, I think, uh, on Saturday and the money's come for him. Uh, Local money out of the Hawks Bay, I understand. So... He must be on the improve. For me, the best version of him would absolutely win this race. Beautiful stuff, Bevan. Thank you very much for joining us on this special edition of Breakfast with the Kiwis without Butch Castles this week. Looking forward to Saturday at Trentham and have a good day out there.